Here's every major Spider-Man 3 rumor explained. The Sinister Six? The Spider-Verse? Two Uncle Bens standing on each other's shoulders in a trench coat? Folks, I don't know about you, but the rumors about the third Tom Holland Spider-Man film are getting out of control. If you take everything flying around the internet at face value right now, this movie has between 3 and 47 villains fighting 139 distinct versions of Spider-Man in a movie that'll presumably be at least 28 hours long, which is just, just way too long. Now, I may not have a cushy position at the Daily Bugle, but we're gonna do our best to break down all the rumors about Spider-Man 3 to see if we can separate fact from fiction. Now, obviously, some of these might turn out to be true, in which case they could potentially be considered spoilers. So if you're the kind of person who worries about that kind of thing, why not make like Peter Parker and just disappear until this is all over? Okay, now before I proceed any further, I need you to understand that everything we're going to be talking about here today is technically a rumor and should be taken with a galactic-sized grain of salt until Disney and or Marvel officially confirm them as the truth. I mean, they could very well wind up being true, but it's best to approach them with a healthy dose of skepticism. Alright, let's get into it. The Spider-Verse Theory Ever since Avengers Endgame turned the space-time continuum upside down, and then Kevin Feige confirmed multiversal mayhem by way of WandaVision and Doctor Strange 2, fans have been feverishly speculating that Spider-Man 3 could give us a Spider-Verse in the flesh, a live-action version of the Spider-Man multiverse. I'm sorry, you're saying there's a multiverse? Yes, I'm saying there's a multiverse. I mean, we already know that Benedict Cumberbatch will appear in this movie as Doctor Strange, the Sorcerer Supreme, so it kind of feels like a foregone conclusion up to a certain point. And maybe someone at Marvel saw our excellent Nerdist remix of Spider-Man Into the Multiverse. Or, I don't know, maybe they're just really handsome at making money. But reports keep swirling that Tom Holland won't be the only Spider-Man in this movie. Rather, he will be joined by Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, who portrayed the first two incarnations of Spider-Man on the big screen. Our first clue came in October, when Jamie Foxx signed on to this movie to return as Electro, a villain he first portrayed in the Andrew Garfield-starring Amazing Spider-Man 2. Foxx then added further fuel to this fire in a now-deleted Instagram post that suggested three different Spider-Mans would be in the movie. On Tuesday, multiple credible outlets reported that Alfred Molina, who had previously been spotted by Geeks Worldwide on the set, will reprise his role as Otto Octavius, aka Dr. Octopus, which, along with Fox's involvement, would bridge the gap between all three generations of Spider-Mans. Spider-Man? Spider-Man? Speeder-Man. Spooder, I don't know. Tuesday also brought a flurry of reports that Kirsten Dunst will return as Mary Jane Watson and Emma Stone will return as Gwen Stacy. Express also claims Willem Dafoe and Dane DeHaan, the Green Goblins of Yesteryear, are in talks to join this rapidly expanding project. Which is convenient because we'll likely need a scientist to help explain all of the quantum mechanics behind this. You know, I'm something of a scientist myself. But perhaps my favorite clue is Marvel's true arch nemesis, the spectacular spoiler man, Tom Holland, in this interview with Fox's Jake Hamilton after he's asked point blank about the Spider-Verse way back in 2019. Oh, no, it'd be man. amazing. It would be really, really cool. And it's something that the fans really want. So whether Marvel and Sony decide to do that, um, or it's up to them. To it's not up to me. I yeah. can't walk in like, Kevin, this is what we're doing on the next one. Yeah. Um, but it would be really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, though, if they don't give us this iconic moment from the 1967 Spider-Man cartoon in live action, then what's the point of any of this? Look. Spider-Verse gave us a great riff on this moment, we need to see it for real. I need that, like J. Jonah Jameson needs pictures of Spider-Man on his desk. Parker, hello, you're fired. 
All right, moving on to the Sinister Six theory. Naturally, with all of these villains potentially appearing in the third Spider-Man movie, fans began wondering if this means we'd see the Sinister Six in live action. Sony, in particular, has wanted to bring the Sinister Six to the big screen for a very long time. Back in 2014, Cabin in the Woods co-writer and director Drew Goddard was going to helm a Sinister Six movie for Sony, but alas, pizza time never came to pass. They've also teased this in the past, like at the end of Amazing Spider-Man 2, but now the multiverse could be a convenient shortcut to making their villainous dreams a reality. But with that said, let's look at the facts first and foremost. At the end of Spider-Man Far From Home, Quentin Beck, aka Mysterio, doctored a video to make it look like Spider-Man murdered him in cold blood. Then he doxed Peter Parker on J. Jonah Jameson's show, officially blowing up his spot to the entire world. So, without a secret identity and known villains like Adrian Toomes, aka the Vulture, who probably have a bone to pick with Peter, it stands to reason that multiple bad guys could be on Peter's trail, coming for him, Aunt May, MJ, anybody close to him. And we touched on how this storyline could ultimately play out in our One More Day Theory video, which I will link to in the description below, but it's increasingly seeming like Peter Parker is going to need to team up with other versions of himself to stop this new incarnation of the Sinister Six. He needs to pick a pack of Peter Parkers. That's, I'm so stupid. <laughs> so based on our best guesses, that version would include Michael Keaton as the Vulture, Jamie Foxx as Electro, Alfred Molina as Dr. Octopus, and Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. But that's just four. That means two very important slots are wide open. The original incarnation of this group included Sandman and Kraven the Hunter, the former of which who appeared in the Tobey Maguire starring Spider-Man 3 as played by Thomas Hayden Church. And as Deadline reported back in August, Triple Frontier director J.C. Shandor is helming a Kraven the Hunter movie for Sony, which prompted a new round of rumors that this character would appear in Spider-Man 3, but that said, I'm not buying it. I don't think this is going to be his debut. Now, given the seeming Spider-Verse connection, I think we'd be much more likely to see Dane DeHaan or Willem Dafoe as the Green Goblin, Paul Giamatti as Rhino, Bokeem Woodbine as Shocker, or even Michael Mando as Scorpion because we've seen all of these characters appear in past Spider-Man movies. But hey, considering that Michael Keaton's Vulture is also apparently in the Morbius movie, well, maybe it'll be Jared Leto as everyone's favorite vampire instead, because why not? But then again, maybe it won't even be a full-blown Sinister Six team-up. Maybe we'll just see brief appearances by these fan-favorite characters as Spider-Man has to deal with a decidedly more devious and more demonic villain. And like I said, I'll put a link to our video in the description below. And last but not least, we have the Daredevil rumor. On Wednesday, according to a report from Murphy's Multiverse, Marvel's Man Without Fear, Daredevil will appear in Spider-Man 3 as played by Charlie Cox, who played Matt Murdock in the fan-favorite Netflix series from 2015 to 2018. Back in April, Cox denied these rumors when he was speaking with ComicBook.com by saying, I hadn't heard those rumors, but it's certainly not with my Daredevil. I'm not involved in it. If that's true, it's not with me, it's with another actor. Nowadays, though, many actors, especially ones who have prior experience with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, are well-versed in the art of obfuscation while negotiations are ongoing. We saw the same thing happen with Haley Steinfeld, who initially denied playing Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye Disney Plus series, only for a metric ton of set photos to hit the internet this month, showing her doing just that. Now, given that the rights to use Daredevil have now reverted from Netflix back to Marvel Studios, it is entirely possible that Kevin Feige and company could bring in Matt Murdock as Peter Parker's lawyer, or even his spandex-clad counterpart. 
Considering that Peter's likely in dire need of legal counsel right about now, and Disney Plus's impending foray into the world of legal dramedy with She-Hulk, something tells me we're mainly going to see Matt Murdock as an attorney, rather than the devil of Hell's Kitchen if this does in fact come to pass. So, with so many characters vying for screen time, how is all of this going to play out? Well, sports and entertainment reporter Robert Little brought some sanity back to this rumor mill when he said this on Twitter. Talk to my Marvel guy about all the Spider-Man 3 characters coming back, Charlie Cox's Daredevil to be the latest. And he said a lot of it will be quick fan service, and it's still very much a Tom Holland movie. And there you have it, folks, our breakdown of the biggest Spider-Man 3 rumors we've seen thus far. We'll continue to report on this story as it develops, but we'll all know for certain when Spider-Man 3 debuts on December 17th, 2021. In the meantime, though, tell me, what do you think of all of these rumors? Who else should be in the Sinister Six? And who else do you want to see in the live-action Spider-Verse? I don't want those weapons in this neighborhood. I got a nephew who live here. Let's discuss in the comments below. And for the latest and greatest in the world of pop culture, make sure you stay tuned to Nerdist.com. With an estimated $22.5 billion in revenue raked in since 2008, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has become an entertainment titan. Some of the stories behind the creative process that brought the franchise to life are at this point kind of legendary. How do you separate fact from fiction? One example of what seems like a tall tale in the MCU's origin story is the claim by Robert Downey Jr. that a specific fast food item in the first Iron Man movie was included because the restaurant that sells it saved his life. And we can tell you up front that this weird assertion is actually true. After all, if you can't trust a millionaire movie star touting the benefits of eating Burger King, what can you trust? The backstory here is important. Folks old enough to remember what it was like to be scared of Y2K might also recall that there was a time when Robert Downey Jr. wasn't the most valuable asset in the Disney vault. In the 80s, he was a Brat Pack kid and a one-season Saturday Night Live cast member. In 1992, he starred in a biopic that really brushed over some of the more problematic aspects of Charlie Chaplin's life. And between 1996 and 2001, the future Avenger was best known for his frequent arrests for cocaine, Valium, and heroin in possession. Despite hiring the same team of lawyers that got OJ off the hook, he wound up with a three-year sentence in 1999 after multiple high-profile run-ins with the law. That's where Burger King comes in. Downey has been forthright about his struggle with addiction in the years since his big comeback, touting the importance of rehabilitation and persistence. But it was a 2008 interview with Empire Magazine that saw the actor explaining exactly what inspired him to finally get clean. The tipping point, he claimed, was a really bad burger. The interview revealed that in 2003, Downey was in a car loaded with, quote, tons of dope when he pulled into a drive-thru for refreshments. Downey told the magazine, I have to thank Burger King. It was such a disgusting burger I ordered. I had that and this big soda, and I thought something really bad was going to happen. After that, he claims to have tossed his narcotic stash into the ocean. According to Downey, these events went on to inspire the scene in 2008's Iron Man in which Tony Stark experiences an epiphany after his time as a hostage of the Ten Rings. I want an American cheeseburger. And he gets one, courtesy of Burger King, before holding a press conference to announce that he's turning his life around, ceasing all weapon development at Stark Industries. This turning point even gets a callback when Avengers Endgame brings Tony's character arc full circle. What do you want? Cheeseburgers. You know, your dad likes cheeseburgers.
It's a poignant moment made all the more potent because it's delivered by Iron Man director and famous gourmand Jon Favreau. Of course, it's not exactly a backstory that reflects all that kindly on Burger King. So there's a lesson here about the importance of double-checking the artist's intent before shelling out money for product placement. But then again, Tony sure seems to enjoy those BK burgers in Iron Man, and disgusting or not, it sounds like they might have saved Robert Downey Jr.'s life. Love them or hate them. It sounds like they're doing something right. Check out one of our newest videos right here! Plus, even more Looper videos about your favorite MCU movies are coming soon. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the bell so you don't miss a single one. In the MCU, do you think Spider-Man and Venom will ever cross over? What's going on guys? Welcome to Everything Always. My name's Michael Roman. Now that intro clip comes from a much longer piece of footage we're going to play for you in its entirety where she asks if Tom Holland's Peter Parker will ever cross over with Venom in the MCU and we're going to let you hear for yourself what Tom Holland and his assistant slash brother had to say and then break down why it's almost an assured confirmation that we're going to get the crossover of Tom Hardy's Venom and Tom Holland's Peter Parker in the MCU and rather soon we're going to break it all down but first if you could grab the subscribe button we're still giving away this insane one-fourth scale beta ray bill as well as our third and final infinity saga box set and now a playstation 5 if you want to be entered to win all you have to do hit the subscribe button then hit the notification bell leave a like and a comment on this video and if you want stick around to the end of the video we'll get into all the giveaway stuff again there in the mcu do you think spider-man and venom will ever cross over <laughs> That would be sick. Just in your opinion, not asking for any spoilers. <laughs> Tom's thinking so hard. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. as Tom's for legal reasons, I cannot answer the fear. Ooh. Now, real quick, because I know the audio quality isn't the best, he gets asked via this Zoom interview. Do you ever think that Spider-Man will cross over with Venom in the MCU? He then mutters under his breath quietly, that would be sick, and stares at the screen, and then gets called out from whomever is on the other side of this Zoom call, Tom's thinking very hard, to which he announces, unfortunately, and for legal reasons, I cannot answer that question. His brother slash assistant then chimes in and says, we plead the fifth. Now you guys will understand it is not a stretch of logic, in fact, it is logical that if he can't say anything for legal reasons, that means it's because it's going to happen. If it wasn't, there wouldn't be anything stopping him from saying anything or offering his opinion as the interviewer asked. In fact, Tom Holland could have answered this any way he wanted, except for the way that he did. Yeah, it's an old legal catch-22, but by letting us know he couldn't talk about it, for legal reasons, he merely confirmed that those legal reasons exist surrounding this crossover. If you're wondering when this footage is from, it is from this year, but earlier during the summer, I believe in June, it has just recently resurfaced on social media, and now with all these recent confirmations of what's going on with the Spider-Verse and Sony getting their way, you have to imagine as soon as they can, they're going to make this crossover happen, which really has us wondering, 
with all of the other characters joining Spider-Man 3 if this could be the film where it takes place. But I don't think that that's logical. Again, there's going to be a ton of cameos, but it's still a Peter Parker story, and Tom Hardy is already starring and carrying his own franchise, plus the hype surrounding the next villain, including Carnage. There's a lot of crossover to happen already there. Most likely case scenario, a post-credit scene is where this would happen, and maybe not even with them sharing the scene, but rather we get confirmation that Tom Hardy's Venom is in proximity and in the universe that leading into a Maximum Carnage crossover only after Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock has crossed over with Cletus Cassidy himself in the upcoming Let There Be Carnage Venom 2. Guys, let me know all your hype down below. Do you think Venom will show up in Spider-Man 3 with all these other characters or is it more likely they'll set that up in a post credit scene and show you what's going to happen? Just simply canonize him in the universe, show you Tom Hardy, Eddie Brock is alongside Tom Holland and tease that for a future film. I think that makes a lot more sense. But let me know all your thoughts down below, guys. I'm all ears. And remember to check back this afternoon for those huge Marvel Phase 5 reveals and, of course, a WandaVision trailer as we're all anticipating. Now, quickly, let's get into the giveaway stuff before I let you go. We're still giving away this insane 1 scale Beta Ray Bill, our third and final Infinity Saga box set, regardless of the subscriber count this month, and a PlayStation 5 at 800,000 subscribers. If you want to be entered to win, all you have to do, hit the subscribe button, then leave a comment down below because it's truly random. The more videos you comment on, the better chance you have of winning. Then make sure to hit the notification bell with notifications turned on to keep up with the content. And as always, if you enjoyed today's video and the rest of the videos here at the channel, if you could, I'd sincerely appreciate it if you'd hit the like button. My name is Michael Roman. This is Everything Always. You can find me over on Instagram at IamFires, over on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash novellan, or on Spotify under All Fires. There are links to all of my social medias in the description below. Thanks for checking out the channel, guys, and stick around again, especially this afternoon. We're bringing it back with all of the Disney Marvel Phase 5 slate reveals and hopefully a WandaVision trailer, maybe even more. Thanks for checking out the channel, guys. Stick around. We'll be posting again real, real soon. Welcome back everyone, it's Charlie, this is going to be my new Spider-Man 3 Daredevil video. Recently several websites are reporting that in addition to Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, all the Spider-Verse casting announcements the past couple of weeks, Charlie Cox is also supposed to appear during the movie. So I'll explain what's going on, what that means for the Marvel Netflix characters in the future of the MCU. If you're new to the channel, be sure to subscribe to get all the videos. We're doing a giveaway for the Spider-Man Miles Morales video game for PlayStation 5 or PlayStation 4. All you have to do to enter is be a subscriber and let me know what you want them to do with Daredevil in the MCU now that they have the rights to the character back. There have been so many casting announcements the past week about this movie, everyone's just wondering who else is going to show up now. Like pretty much everybody you've ever heard of is going to have a cameo during Spider-Man 3. But starting with the big stuff, number 5. Earlier this year and last year, there had been rumors about Daredevil appearing in Spider-Man 3 in some fashion after Netflix canceled the Marvel shows and Marvel got the rights back. But if you didn't see any of the Save Daredevil campaigns that had been running, all the hardcore fans were trying to get Marvel to do something with the character and not recast Charlie Cox. Like, we knew that they were going to do something with Daredevil again because when they canceled the Marvel Netflix shows, they said the Daredevil will be back. It's just that we didn't know what they were going to do, if they were going to recast 
or they were going to completely reboot the series. But right after Netflix canceled the shows, there was this contractual cooling off period between Marvel and Netflix that specified when Marvel could actually use the Netflix characters again in new movies or new Disney Plus series. The deadline for Marvel being allowed to use the Daredevil character specifically again just ended this past week so they can do whatever they want to with him this week. They just happen to be in the middle of shooting Spider-Man 3 and they're making a bunch of other casting announcements. Typically you only hear them make casting announcements when they're getting ready to need an actor to actually show up in a scene that they're filming. That's why a lot of times you won't hear about really big actors till right before they get ready to film with them because they might not need them till the end of filming. Remember the other day when the Sony channel accidentally posted a Spider-Verse teaser video and then quickly deleted it? Their account was also posting Daredevil stuff the other day too. The cooling off period for the other Marvel Netflix characters is still going on right now. So right now it's just the characters from the Daredevil series. Anybody that showed up during that or debuted during that, they can use again. But because of all this earlier this year, of course, as you would expect, Charlie Cox had been asked point blank several times in interviews what his thoughts were on all the Daredevil Spider-Man 3 rumors. And keep in mind that this was a couple months ago when he did this interview. This is what he had to say about that. Yes, I, I didn't, I hadn't heard those rumors, but I, I mean, it's certainly not my, I'm certainly not involved in any of that. I have not. Uh, if, if that's true it's not with me it's with another it's with another actor <laughs> i mean do you want to appear with spider-man i mean it's spider-man right i do, look i just love uh, you know look i'd love to I, I look i'm very grateful i had a great time i had a great run of it i couldn't be happier i'm so grateful i got to play that character for as long as i did but of course you know of course i would love to keep going I'd, you know i'd love to be involved with, with as much of you know, I, I, I love it as, as, a, as a fan of the Marvel movies. I love the, the little stuff that they do where you kind of pop up here and there. And that was the one thing because we were on Netflix, we weren't really able to do as much. Um, I think for kind of legal reasons, I don't know why, but I think that was the reason. So I, but I, I, I loved the idea of, you know, like right. Jessica and, you know, and, and uh, Matt showing up in the background or, uh, you know, Matt as a, just as a, in, as a lawyer advising Peter Parker or whatever it is, you know, it would be really, really cool. So during that, he claims he doesn't know anything about it. Oh, if they're talking about Daredevil showing up, then it's not my version of Daredevil. That seems like pretty boilerplate actor language because behind the scenes, if they start saying, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to show up, usually that tanks their deal and they wind up going in a different direction. So they have to pretend like they have no idea what's going on, no matter what's happening behind the scenes. The only reason why Tom Holland gets away with stuff like that is because he is literally the Spider-Man of the MCU. Around the time he was doing this interview though was when we were hearing rumors about all the Spider-Verse stuff about Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire showing up and at the time Sony and Marvel just hadn't locked any of those actors under contract yet so it was still firmly in rumor territory. But right now is a completely different story because they started filming the movie and it sounds like most of the people have already been cast. I just did a video yesterday about Alfred Molina coming back as his Dr. Octopus from the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 2 movie. Out of all the Spider-Man versions in different Spider-Man franchises, Tobey Maguire is supposedly the only one who still hasn't signed a contract and apparently he was just spotted at a new costume fitting for the movie this morning. Just from the Tobey movies though, Kirsten Dunst has been confirmed to have some sort of cameo during the film and obviously Alfred Molina was just confirmed yesterday by a bunch of news outlets. So pretty safe bet if they're coming back, especially if Kirsten Dunst is coming back, then Toby will sign his contract eventually. But just speaking about Daredevil in the MCU and Daredevil Spider-Man crossovers, if you're not a big comic book reader, Daredevil used to cross over with Spider-Man comics all the time. 
Daredevil is even one of the other Marvel characters that has worn Spider-Man's costume on separate occasions to help fool people into thinking that Peter Parker was not Spider-Man. Like, I can't be Spider-Man because look, there's Spider-Man in his real costume swinging around fighting crime. Wouldn't something like that come in handy if Peter Parker in the MCU were trying to clear his name? Like, see, Mysterio is lying. I can't be Spider-Man because that's Spider-Man. Daredevil has also been Peter Parker's lawyer as Matt Murdock before. They even did a version of that story during the 90s animated Spider-Man series. This data will clear Parker and get it to your pal, Matt Murdock. I'm sure he'll be grateful, as I am, for everything. Hey, we're even. Since you and I appear to be on the same team, I should tell you who our real adversary is in all this. His name is Wilson Fisk. And just for reference, Spider-Man has also worn Daredevil's costume before, too. They have traded costumes. They're total bros in the comics. It's just that before now, because Sony and Marvel weren't sharing the character up to a couple years ago, and Netflix had all those characters, and they had such a weird non-relationship with the Marvel movies, and it kind of seemed like the movie directors didn't want to have anything to do with a Netflix series, that's why it's taken till now, when Kevin Feige controls all the Marvel characters, all the Marvel movies, and all the Marvel TV shows. So he has a much larger toy box of characters to play with and he can pull them out and cross them over however he wants to now. Because of course Daredevil, being a New York City-based vigilante, should know who Spider-Man is and interact with him every once in a while. It's just that Daredevil is mostly local to Hell's Kitchen and Spider-Man typically travels all over the city more depending on what the adventure is. Just in terms of what scenes Daredevil might have or what they're doing with him in the movie, Earlier this year, when Kevin Smith had set off a lot of speculation and rumors, most people theorized that Daredevil would cameo in the movie not as Daredevil, but as Matt Murdock, because until Spider-Man clears his name, he's on the wrong side of the law. Every single federal and international law enforcement agency is after him, in addition to all the villains. So if ever there were a time for a good lawyer, now would be it, calling up Nelson Murdock and Page. Yes, we do have She-Hulk coming into the MCU. She's being played by Tatiana Maslany. I can't wait to see what they do with that character. She's a lawyer too, though, and her Disney Plus series is supposed to be released during 2022. So a lot of people had wondered if she might show up during the movie for something like that, but I haven't seen any kind of rumors about She-Hulk since they announced the casting. I've only been seeing the Daredevil stuff. But if he winds up showing up, I'm only expecting a very short scene. There are already so many characters they've announced. People have been posting memes about this since the Dr. Octopus news yesterday. Tobey Maguire, Dr. Octopus, Mary Jane, Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, Gwen Stacy, Electro. Michael Keaton's Vulture character is even supposed to come back according to his earlier interview with Jimmy Kimmel. So people are starting to wonder if Tom Holland's Spider-Man is going to appear in the movie himself. Oh, he is? Just a small cameo? What kind of movie is this with all these characters showing up? So it's most likely that all these other characters in Spider-Verse crossover people will only be in the movie a little bit each, like cameo scenes at best. And most of the movie is still Tom Holland's Spider-Man figuring out how to clear his name, defeat new villains, and making himself a new costume. Of course, he's probably going to get a new costume during the film. I know everyone wants to see him become more like comic book Spider-Man and start doing more stuff on his own. And one of the trademark things that he does is create his own costumes. So don't be surprised if we see a much more advanced version of a true homemade suit. They did describe Doctor Strange as being a main character, but a main character in the same way that Iron Man was a main character in Spider-Man Homecoming. And Iron Man was really only in that movie for about five minutes tops, just a couple key scenes. 
But just in terms of the future of Daredevil inside the MCU after this, if he does wind up showing up in the movie, it's most likely that they would cross Daredevil over with the other street-level heroes in the Disney Plus series like Moon Knight, She-Hulk, any future Daredevil series that they might want to do on Disney Plus. There's a big Disney Plus investor meeting, so we'll learn more about what's happening with all the new Disney Plus series tomorrow. So whatever ends up happening, of course I'll do videos for that. As long as you have alerts enabled for my channel, you should see all those videos. The only way Spider-Man 3 could get any crazier though is if they announce an actor for live-action Miles Morales or have some sort of full-blown Deadpool post-credit scene cameo. And just to be clear, I do not think that Deadpool is going to show up anytime soon. But post all your Daredevil MCU predictions in the comments. Do you think he's going to show up in the movie and what do you think they're going to do with him in the MCU in the future? Congratulations Tristiano Tricocci, you're the giveaway winner from my last big Spider-Man video. Please email me on the about page of my channel so I can get your contact details. Everyone click here to learn what's going on with Dr. Octopus in Spider-Man 3 and click here for my new Mandalorian Season 2 Episode 6 video. Thank you so much for watching. Everyone stay safe. I'll see you guys tonight. Hey everyone, Eric Voss here in the New Rockstars Blue Dungeon. It's happened. We have Marvel news. Loki has an official trailer. God bless Kevin Feige and God bless Tom Hiddleston because he might be God now. I didn't have time to set up this uh, Blue Dungeon setup to react to it. I actually had to sit down at my desk. You got to see the other side of the Blue Dungeon like you. You are just going to see my live raw reaction. Super raw. And then on the other side of it, uh, I'm going to be back here without this stuff. And I'm going to give you my first thoughts on this trailer before, of course, I do my classic full in-depth deep dive of all the interesting visual details that they hid in this trailer. Here it is, my reaction. I'm gonna make two hour long video on this. So an end game scene, great. Like Tony Stark. Okay, there's more good. You're taking me somewhere to kill me. No, I'm taking you someplace to talk. Talk? Well, I don't like to talk. But you do like to lie, which you just did. Because we both know you love to talk. Talky, talky. <laughs> How long have you been here? I don't know, it's hard to say. You know, time passes differently here in the TVA. What does that mean? You'll catch up. Rock's card.
This looks beautiful. <laughs> More jumping out of planes. <laughs> so many things to break down. So much shit to break down. What? What did you expect? Not this. <laughs> what? Okay, uh, I am um, doing this bootleg style here in the uh, blue dungeon, um, reacting to what we saw in this Loki trailer. Pretty nuts, right? Like this feels a lot like uh, Thor Ragnarok, right? In terms of its bright, vibrant color, its playful, manic energy. We start with Loki strewn in the sands of a Mongolian desert. It looks like very reminiscent of Tony Stark's escape from the cave in uh, the first Iron Man movie. Also, it reminds me of like Ben Linus and Lost when he just like showed up in the middle of the desert. It's like, yeah, the allegory of the cave, you were trapped in the cave, now you reach enlightenment once you are escaped from the cave. We get our first look at the TVA headquarters, uh, Owen Wilson as a TVA agent. I love this uh, creepy elevator. It kind of reminds me of the weird retro world of Legion. I assume each of these floors represents a different timeline in the universe, right? Like they have different designations, FE3, LK3, 2W1, FHF. There's an X in there, maybe a different X-Men timeline. Owen Wilson's going gray now, looks great. He talks about the TVA, yes, the Time Variance Authority. These are Marvel's time cops, the bureaucrats who monitor the different timelines of the universe, or I should say multiverse, because these are all different causalities. I think what we're seeing is Loki being tried for his crimes. He has to make up for them. He has to pay some kind of penance or some sentence. What I love about this is he's brought in front of this judge with the three different faces. Folks, I think this could be the living tribunal of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The living tribunal was basically this cosmic judge with multiple different faces representing its impartiality. And they basically give uh, Thanos a free pass in the Infinity Gauntlet storyline. All the different cosmic entities try to drag Thanos in front of this court to try to try him for snapping away half of everything. And the Living Tribunal's like, no, he's free to go. He didn't break any natural laws of the universe. You guys should have tried harder. And uh, the Infinity War writers talked about wanting to bring in the Living Tribunal into that Infinity War scene where Doctor Strange uh, fights Thanos and drags him through the multiverse. That was all in concept art. And now I think we may be seeing a version of the Living Tribunal in Loki. They're the ones who are going to decide what Loki has to do to pay off his crimes. And I think Loki's sentence will be he has to help these time monitors track down whoever this villain character is, this hooded figure who I'm thinking either could be Kang the Conqueror. But you know, when you see a hooded figure in Marvel, your mind immediately goes to Doom. If they could introduce Doctor Doom in this Loki series, that would be awesome. I know that they have the Fantastic Four coming with John Watts, but they can use both of these stories to slowly introduce the Marvel's first family and the biggest villain in Marvel Comics in uh, the same kind of movie coming up in the future. Yeah, he's having to pay for his crimes. You, they, we get these awesome projections of moments from the first Avengers movie where he put on that helmet and he made all the Germans bow down for him and the moment he got arrested which is fun because that particular shot is from uh, Loki's point of view so it's like maybe they're scanning his mind to make him remember these moments and he feels traumatized by it so he's like oh now looks like there are these uh, chrono monitors these time cops in this place Roxcart which is interesting might be connected to the ROXX Roxxon corporation that has existed in uh, the world of Marvel before they're like an energy conglomerate but it looks like they're going to be tied into whatever this plot this conspiracy is I love that we keep coming back to this elevator this elevator looks like it could be kind of a, a nexus point that Loki cannot 
fully escape. He always finds himself looping back to that anytime he tries to escape. There's this interesting stained glass shot where it looks like there is a devil portrait on the background of that stained glass that could be a tie to Mephisto, someone who also ties in with this kind of a uh, Loki trickery. Loki is the god of mischief. Mephisto is just like the Marvel's version of Satan. If Mephisto could come into the show, ooh, that would be another exciting villain. Though I still think Mephisto could be tying into WandaVision. We'll see. Yeah, we're seeing some insane universe colliding imagery here. Uh, looks like a giant moon collapsing to the surface. Uh, the lady Loki character who's at the base of that looks like the ruins of New York, a giant crater in the middle of Central Park. You can see the ruins of Avengers Tower in the background there. Maybe some alternate reality where uh, Thanos' army was successful in Avengers and now Loki's having to visit that. And finally, we got some confirmation that Heimdall exists and why shouldn't he? If uh, Loki exists in this reality, he broke off of the 2012 timeline in Avengers Endgame. On the other side of that, yeah, Heimdall would still be alive too because Infinity War has not happened yet or might not ever happen in this timeline. So we didn't get to see Heimdall here, but he does catch Loki mid-air. This is like a total <laughs> Mission Impossible style stunt here, leaving some, uh, looks like cash floating in the background. In our stinger shot, Loki wearing, it looks like a campaign pin. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna get me one of them with uh, these warriors alongside him. Folks, there is a multitude of Easter eggs to break down in this. I am going to cover all of it. I'm so excited. By the way, I'm doing reactions to uh, as much as I possibly can tonight. Definitely go check out our Falcon Winter Soldier reaction, check out our WandaVision reaction, and check out our uh, full breakdown of all the big news from this uh, announcement. They're going to be coming out one after the other tonight. It's going to be a long night for me. Uh, <laughs> let's have some fun with it. Oh, and now that Marvel has awoken back up from its hibernation, you may have noticed uh, I'm wearing our This Is Away. This is a limited edition shirt that New Rockstars is trying to push out on our merch store. We have official merch that we are making. There are great designs. This is what we call our latest obsession. It's a custom design that we only have for a limited amount of time. This is one we have for The Mandalorian. We're going to have original designs for The Falcon and Winter Soldier, for WandaVision, and for Loki. And you're going to love how it looks. So uh, be sure to check out our merch store, NewRockstarsMerch.com. Obviously, subscribe to the channel, New Rockstars on YouTube. Follow New Rockstars on all social media. Follow me on social media at EAVOS. And stay tuned for the breakdown of this. It's going to be super long. There's a ton of details to talk about. And I'm so excited. Thanks for watching and bearing with this awkward looking bootleg style. There is no time! everyone, Eric Voss here in the New Rockstars Blue Dungeon, and we are reacting as fast as we can to all these great Marvel updates, including the Falcon Winter Soldier first new big trailer we have seen. A trailer that looks like it was shot by Cap himself. Because this is all coming out super fast on the Disney Investor Day conference, uh, I didn't have time to set up all this. You get to see my raw at the computer desk reaction, all this stuff. And then we're going to talk about some uh, initial first thoughts I had coming out of it. And then uh, sometime later this weekend, you're going to see my in-depth frame-by-frame breakdown of all the Easter eggs that they hid in this. It's what I do best. Here it is. Here's my reaction. The legacy of that shield is complicated. March! People need something to get behind. 
symbol. Hmm. So what's our plan? So no plan. Great. Just like Cap. Mean those wings didn't clip nothing. Hot damn. Cyborg brain of yours. You don't want to know. Oh, yeah, I can see it working. Gears turning. Oh, they're malfunctioning. They're on fire. God, I hate you. What a trailer, right? Like, I'm so excited for this show. So excited to hear that it's coming March. I feel like that is just around the corner. Man, Disney Plus is gonna have these Marvel shows coming out one after the other in 2021. One at a time, that'd be a lot. But yeah, just like first initial thoughts to this Falcon Winter Soldier trailer. They are not at all shying away from the whole legacy of Captain America and the shield, what that means. And it's complicated. And by complicated, I think they're hinting at the fact that, yeah, Sam Wilson is not going to be the government's chosen successor for Captain America. Neither, obviously, will Bucky, the guy's a freaking fugitive. So the government has their own guy, John Walker. This is who we see at the football game. I love the shape of the big old star in the middle of the football field. But what is the conflict of this series? We still don't know. When he says the world is upside down, it can mean a lot of things, but we're getting some looks at what clearly looks like the Thunderbolts, specifically the character Songbird. I talked about her in another video, but she can release a frequency, a sonic frequency that lures in other people and kind of mind controls them in a way. But I love how she's not alone. Maybe the whole group of the Thunderbolts, they all gonna have this, uh, this mask with a red handprint on it. As if they had been slapped in the face with blood, and they carry that with them everywhere they go. We see some more shots of what looks like Sam Wilson's farm home in Louisiana. We see some of the Spanish moss hanging on there. It's right on the water. I love how the trees look like they're wrapped up in padding. Like, as if a way to protect them from when he's flinging that sword around so that not all the trees get chopped down. Oh, we get a shot of Baron Zemo at some kind of memorial. It has that eagle on it. This could be near Sokovia right there looks like there is a crater filled with water maybe some runoff of when uh, Sokovia was lifted out of the earth yeah this mountain strain we know this series shot in uh, the Czech Republic or at least did reshoots there we may be revisiting Sokovia I think there is so much fertile ground still in that setting that I'd love to explore in this series especially if it allows us to I don't know bring back Ultron into the MCU please but yeah this is going to be globe trotting it looks like some Asian city maybe Shanghai actually that might be Tokyo because I think some uh, set photos have described seeing uh, a, a Japanese uh, demon on the back of a motorcycle jacket and if we're talking about who is the worthiest successor of Captain America's legacy Sam definitely makes a good case by just jumping out of a plane something we know Captain America loves to do and Sam must see that and be like damn it he's taking his moves but yeah my general plot prediction for this of course this is set after the events of Avengers Endgame the world is piecing itself back together but the Sokovia Accords are still in effect Sam will 
Wilson, Bucky Barnes, not people the government is too happy with. So do they want them to be their Captain America poster boy? Definitely not. And it looks like these two potential Captain America successors are going to come across a group that either is confirmed to be or something similar to the Thunderbolts. This is going to include Batrock the Leaper. It's going to include Songbird. It's going to include a couple other familiar faces you might have seen before and new ones as well. And that group might either be headed up by or might be corrupted by Baron Zemo, who is somehow now out of captivity. And in the comics, Baron Zemo is the one who kind of puts the Thunderbolts together. It's kind of a, a phony superhero replacement team, but uh, they're actually assholes. And then eventually a lot of these become redemptive characters in turn on Zemo, leaving him as the odd man out. And even though uh, this trailer doesn't dig too much into it, I, I feel like one of the themes of the show is going to deal with the whole history of the Captain America title throughout American history. I don't think it's going to shy away from some of those racial themes and how Captain America is the, you know, uh, Wonder Bread Boy Scout. But there's a whole other side of the history that, you know, more recent comics have delved into with the Black Captain America. And with writers like Malcolm Spellman on the staff, this is a theme that the show absolutely should explore at least. But yeah, I know there is way more under the surface uh, visual details that I'm missing right now. I'm going to spend way more time digging into all the details of this trailer. I have a lot, obviously, that I'm looking into this weekend. We got a reaction to Loki that's already on the channel. Make sure to go watch that. There's some stuff I already caught there. And a reaction to the new WandaVision trailer that is coming and breakdowns of all of these things. We're double dipping on all of them. And yeah, just my coverage on all the crazy stuff we learned just now. A Fantastic Four movie is coming. Secret Invasion is coming. Ant-Man and the Wasp in Quantumania. What? And if you're wondering what I'm wearing, this is New Rockstar's custom limited edition Mandalorian shirt. This is this is the way, but we're actually going to do limited runs of every series that we cover. So we're going to release an exclusive shirt for WandaVision, one for Falcon Winter Soldier in March when that comes out. So if you're interested in this stuff, uh, you're going to want to collect everything by going to newrockstarsmerch.com. Check out what we have. There's some amazing gift options. Also, subscribe to New Rockstars. Hit that notification bell. Follow me at EA Boss. Follow New Rockstars on socials. And uh, stay tuned because we got some crazy shit we're going to be talking about. this big house. Well, I assure you, I'm married to a man, a human one. We are an unusual couple. Oh, I don't think that was ever in question. We just don't know what to expect. 
neighbors. Hey, buddy. Wanda, what's up? Who are you? I don't know. I think something's wrong here. Wanda, can you read me? Who's doing this to you? Are you here to help us? <laughs> this is our home. Then let's fight for it. WandaVision will be the very first Marvel Studios series on Disney+. Wanda and Vision are two of our most powerful and complex heroes, and this series is a perfect expansion point for MCU storytelling. Elizabeth Olsen is currently in London right now. She's shooting the film Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness with director Sam Raimi, star Benedict Cumberbatch, and the rest of the cast, including Benedict Wong, Rachel McAdams, and Chuta Ejiofor. And joining them is a new fan favorite character from the comics, America Chavez, played by Sochi Gomez. This film hits theaters March 25th, 2022, and we're really pushing the boundaries of storytelling with this thrilling, scary, mind-bending adventure. Not only will Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness connect directly to the events of WandaVision, but it will also connect to the events of our new Spider-Man film coming to theaters December 2021. Welcome back, everyone. It's Charlie. This is going to be my new WandaVision trailer. They dropped so many Marvel trailers today. Kevin Feige decided today was trailer day. There were also a bunch of Star Wars trailers, too. So obviously, I will do videos for everything. It'll probably take me a couple of days to get to them all. So be sure to subscribe to get everything. It is going to be crazy. Marvel is releasing 10 new Disney Plus series in the next couple of years. They announced what all of them are during their big Disney Plus investor day. There's also 10 separate Star Wars Disney Plus series coming as well. They even finally confirmed that they're doing the Fantastic Four movie, and it's John Watts, the director of the Spider-Man movies, that's going to be directing it. But just starting with the WandaVision footage, they confirmed that the episodes are dropping starting January 15th. They're releasing one episode per week, but they're going through the decades of different sitcoms of television, and you can kind of see what's going on with Scarlet Witch messing with reality and things glitching out and how things go completely off the rails by the end of the series when it turns into a big Avengers-level action story. They said they kind of ease into that, like it starts out with the funny sitcom stuff happening, then it sort of spins up into bigger MCU Avengers level storytelling. The whole premise being that Scarlet Witch just cannot deal with Vision being dead, like you see her sitting there on the couch in her pajamas just not looking super hot, and then she starts rearranging things. Everyone remembers House of M, obviously there's a big House of M easter egg during the trailer with the bottle of wine, Maison du Mapri, House of Contempt, or literally House of M as it says on the bottle. Elizabeth Olsen said that the series would be taking a hard look at Scarlet Witch's mental state. So they aren't doing the exact comic book storyline, but they're doing something very close to it. And as her mental health gets worse and worse and worse, and she just continues to spiral out of control, you see things start to glitch out, which is very similar to what happened during House of M. The reality started to crumble in on itself. But then you sort of see what's happening in the real world while all this is happening inside her TV-based reality. You see Randall Park's character from Ant-Man and the Wasp roll in with the Agents of Sword and Darcy's character from the Thor movies. We finally get a better look at her in the footage, so apparently she's also working with Sword right now too. The reason why the trailer is 4 by 3 aspect ratio is because for some of the decades of television, television was aired in 4 by 3 aspect ratio. So they're just being authentic to the period for each of the different parts of the trailer. 
They said that they tried to reference as many different popular sitcoms from the different decades, but the ones they specifically shouted out from the 1950s were I Love Lucy, Scarlet Witch talked about going full Lucy at times, then in the 1960s they get into the Bewitched stuff, although you do see her go full Samantha Bewitched during different decades that weren't during the 1960s, like she's moving things around, cleaning the house, using her telekinesis. So a lot of the tropes of the different realities bleed into the other decades. But then they get the 1960s, you have Bewitched, the Dick Van Dyke show. That's where the joke about the beds comes from, because they were a married couple, but on national television you weren't allowed to show couples sleeping in the same bed while the show was being aired. Then in the 1970s, it looks like it goes kind of Brady Bunch. They also reference the Partridge family. That's when she starts to get pregnant. She's eating the orange slices there. You also see shots of the crib with the butterfly mobile, then turning into actual butterflies, as if it's her children turning the butterflies into real butterflies. Those are just her twins from the comics, Wiccan and Speed. So I guess if you're talking about deep cut X-Men Easter eggs and mutants, you'd be talking about Wiccan doing something like this. The other twin, Speed, obviously has Quicksilver-like powers. When they get to the 1980s, it looks a little bit like family ties, maybe married with children. Obviously, they're referencing a bunch of different sitcoms, but they get to the 1990s, it's Full House. She is one of the Olsen girls. The Olsen twins are her older sisters. So if you didn't know that, Elizabeth Olsen is related to them. It's just that she's been much more active in movies recently than they have. Then Kevin Feige said that they also move into the modern era of sitcoms in the 2000s and they do go full office with people talking to the camera like Jim and Pam and the other characters and then filming things like a weird documentary. So there's a lot of Easter eggs for television itself in pop culture in addition to all the Avengers and Marvel Phase 4 Easter eggs and X-Men stuff with mutants that are going on during the series too. So the series gets really meta with its Easter eggs. The woman that she's talking to here is Agatha Harkness, obviously a very big sorceress from the comics, just like Doctor Strange is a sorcerer. She's been kind of a mentor to Scarlet Witch in the comics, but she's also been a bit of an antagonist to her. So we'll see what they do with her during the series, because you do see a couple different scenes where the characters inside this reality as they go through the decades start to glitch out and don't know who they are or where they are or what's going on. That might be because Scarlet Witch moves into this house in the normal reality, but then she starts warping reality around them and it starts to pull in these other people that live around her in this cul-de-sac. You also notice a lot of the design language too. There's a lot of patterns that look a lot like vision circuitry. So we're talking about being inside a television. It almost seems like during parts of this, she's reliving parts of Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. Like when she's staring at the Mind Stone here, that seems like she's manifesting her memory of having to kill Vision during Avengers Infinity War to prevent Thanos from getting the Mind Stone, even though he wound up getting it anyway because he had the Time Stone. We also finally get a full scene with Monica Rambeau. We saw her in the last trailer, but now we just get a much better look at her. And the funny thing about this is if you've been a fan of hers in the comics for a long time. She was one of the original versions of Captain Marvel. The outfit in the period that this is taking place in during the 1960s, 1970s is authentic to when she debuted in the comics. So her character is wearing an outfit in this scene like she would have worn when she debuted in the comics. But like I said, because Scarlet Witch seems like she's messing with this reality, changing everything, she's also changing other people while this is happening. So a lot of their memories and personalities change while this is happening. So that might be why she doesn't know who she is when she rings the doorbell. But because later you see her get kicked out of the reality, it seems like Scarlet Witch's energy is around her. So it seems like Scarlet Witch herself is the one that punts her out because it sounds like Monica Rambeau, who is an adult in present day of the MCU, works for S.W.O.R.D. as well, and she's probably trying to investigate what's happening with Scarlet Witch and why things are so crazy in this little pocket of reality. 
That's when you see all the sword stuff spinning up and it seems like Randall Park and the other characters are trying to help her, but she doesn't want to leave. Like this is our reality, let's fight for it as they say during the trailer. And then it turns into a big battle. Love all the comic book Easter eggs like Vision walking around in his Halloween costume that's designed to look like his classic comic book costume. Same thing with Scarlet Witch. Based on the posters that they release for this each day, it seems like this Halloween stuff is happening during the 90s era of the TV show. They didn't say anything about Monica Rambeau getting her powers during this, like her photon powers or becoming a version of Captain Marvel or anything like that, but they did say after this she would star in Captain Marvel 2 along with the new Miss Marvel actress that they just cast and they're shooting that series. They dropped trailers for pretty much all the upcoming Disney Plus series as well. So what I'll probably do is my next trailer video will probably be for Falcon and Winter Soldier and then I'll do a Loki trailer, then I'll probably move on to the Star Wars trailers as well. But there'll be six episodes of WandaVision. She's going to crack reality in a really amazing way that's going to cross over with Doctor Strange 2, as Kevin Feige said during the panel. Right now, as I'm making this video, Elizabeth Olsen is over in Great Britain shooting Doctor Strange 2 with Benedict Cumberbatch and the other actors. They also just confirmed that America Chavez is going to be introduced during that. She's Miss America. She literally punches holes through different dimensions. So obviously you're doing a multiverse movie. That would be an appropriate place to introduce her. They didn't say exactly what she's going to be doing, but she's just another one of those younger characters that they're introducing that could show up in a Young Avengers crossover series down the road. And the really good news about Falcon and Winter Soldier is that they're releasing all the episodes in March. So there's so much stuff to talk about for all the Marvel Phase 4 movies. They confirmed that they're going to do a War Machine series called The Armor Wars right out of the comics. If you haven't read that, that's an actual comic book, Armor Wars. The Nick Fury Avengers spinoff series is going to be a secret invasion series with Talos the Skrull coming back and it's going to be them going after actual scrolls that have infiltrated American society. The Black Widow movie is still coming at the beginning of May then right after that in May the Loki episodes are going to drop that'll also be six episodes then they're going to do the what if episodes that's the animated series based on the what if comic book. There'll be 10 episodes of that, then they also confirmed that the Hawkeye episodes that they're filming right now with Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld, Kate Bishop, will drop later in 2021, so like fall 2021. They said a bunch about Moon Knight and about the other series and some of the other upcoming movies, but I'll talk about that during those separate videos. So Falcon and Winter Soldier will be the next trailer, but I've also got my Mandalorian Season 2 Episode 7 video. That will probably be my next video, then I'll do the Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer. As long as you have alerts enabled for my channel, you should see all those videos. Don't worry, we'll get it all sorted out. There's just so much good news that they dropped today. They just decided to drop every last bit of footage that they have for everything, almost. Everyone let me know in the comments if you spotted any big Easter eggs during the WandaVision trailer that I didn't talk about. And let me know, based on all the announcements, what you're most hyped up about. While you wait for everything, everyone click here for my brand new Spider-Man 3 Dr. Octopus video and Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and click here for my brand new Mandalorian Season 2 Episode 6 video. Thank you so much for watching. Everyone stay safe. I'll see you guys tonight.